My name is Gary Emerald with Tentmaker Ministries. The subject in this series of videos is toxic Bibles. Uh, you may have never heard the term before, but uh, when you're done with the series, I hope you will study out what we've put together here for, uh, for you, the audience, and, uh, and familiarize yourself with a, what I think is an extremely important subject, and that is uh, toxic Bibles. I believe that uh, most leading selling Bibles in the English speaking world today contain toxin, contain poison, a poison for your soul, a poison that will not only poison your soul, but the soul of your children as well. Jesus said to the Pharisees, to the religious leaders, to those who had large portions of the Bible memorized, he said to them, you have made the word of God of none effect by your traditions. Think about it. The word of God, people who had, who had Bible memorization programs that make typical Sunday school Bible memorization programs today look uh, pathetic. These people who, who practically had the whole Bible memorized, Jesus said you've made the word of God, the Bible of no effect by your traditions. And another prophet, Hosea, he said, My people are destroyed. They perish for lack of knowledge. I hope and pray that the information that we're putting together in this video series, Toxic Bibles, gives you knowledge to set you free of a poison that has prevented millions uh, and billions of people around the world from from seeing the true nature and the true character of God and His true plan of salvation. This particular segment that we're doing right now is on the NIV Bible, the New International Version, produced by a large Christian publishing company called Zondervan. Before I talk about the toxin, the poison in the New International Version, I'd like to go back to perhaps the most famous Bible of all, um, which uh, I guess was one of the main culprits that put this poison, this toxin, into the Bible translations of today. This translation here, the, New, the King James Bible, was, uh, was very instrumental in allowing or perpetuating the poison that went into our contemporary English Bibles. I want to say that most of the leading translations, English translations, that you find in the Christian bookstore, almost without exception, the leading ones all contain this poison that we're going to be talking about in this series of, uh, of videos. And I mean translations like the King James Bible, the New King James Bible, as we, the, the, talk, the, the, the one we're talking about right now, the NIV, the New American Standard, the NRSV, the Amplified, the New Living Translation, the International Standard Version, the English Standard Version, the New Jerusalem Bible, Peterson's The Message, even uh, the Complete Jewish Bible by uh, David H. Stern. While he cleaned up quite a bit of uh, the poison in his translation, he still left enough of it to kill you pretty, pretty good. And even uh, this new translation that uh, claims to have all these uh, thousands of footnotes and uh, um, uh, marginal readings, the Net Bible, New English Translation, it too is a toxic Bible. 
Let me show you how complicated this toxin that I'm talking about is. Let me give you. Uh, I'm going to deal with uh, with a particular page in a uh, a very rare uh, translation uh, of the King James Bible. This is a uh, page that I have in front of me of an original 1612 King James Bible. And this particular page, I think the Holy Spirit, I think God allowed me to, to, to get this page so that I can show you plainly um, and clearly what, what has been going on in our Bible translations. This 1612 page from a King James uh, Bible, in Revelation 12, 13, we find something very unusual. We find in the text, it says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the dead and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to his works. So we find the word hell in 2013, and in the margin, we find or hell. So for the word hell in the text, we find in the margin or hell. This is obviously a printer's mistake. What's going on here? Why do they have hell in the margin and hell in the text? Obviously, the, the printer meant to put something else in one place or the other. And he... Uh, through oversight, he put hell in both the margin and the text. Here's why this problem occurred. The King James Bible translators had a very difficult time with trying to figure out which words in the Bible actually depicted the hell of their tradition and which ones were, were not related. Well, they had a real difficult time finding hell in the Old Testament. The only word that they could possibly conjure up to mean a place of doom and fire and uh, everlasting tortures was the Hebrew word Sheol. The Hebrew word Sheol, according to Jewish rabbis, simply means the place of the dead. In, Christian, in Jewish tradition, the good and the bad and the ugly, everyone went to Sheol. Everyone went to the place of the dead. Jewish Bible translations, um, the Jewish Publication Society that produces the, the Tanakh, uh, they don't have the word hell in their Bible, which is our Old Testament. The word hell does not appear there. But the King James translators who needed hell because their tradition demanded hell they translated the Hebrew word Sheol 31 times hell, 31 times grave, and three times pit. How did they decide which verses spoke of, of a place of everlasting punishment and which places spoke of merely the grave? They, <laughs> I would be interested to find out, to hear the discussions as to when they got together, okay, which, which place to here are we going to call the grave, and which place here are we going to call hell? Because it's the same word. Well, in the New Testament, it got even more sticky. In the New Testament, the Greek word Hades is the equivalent 
of the Hebrew word Sheol. They're the same thing, just two different languages, Hebrew, Greek, Sheol, Hades. Now they had to figure out which places Hades meant hell and which places it just merely meant the grave. Well, ultimately they ended up translating every place where you had the word Hades, every place they translated hell. So the plot thickens here as we go from Sheol to Hades. Remember in Sheol they translated half the times hell, the other half um, grave or the pit. Now in uh, Hades they translated, the King James Bible translated Hades um, as hell consistently. 11, 12 times, I forgot exactly how many times it was there. But in the New Testament they added some more words that they also translated hell. Gehenna, the city dump outside the southwest wall that Jesus prophesied that the very people that he was talking to, the Pharisees, might find their own body thrown into hell, the King James Bible says. The Greek word there is Gehenna, which is actually a, a version of the Aramaic. And that word is in the Old Testament too. In the Old Testament, it is Gay Ben Hinnom, which means the sun, the valley of the son of Hinnom. The Jews never translated Gay Ben Hinnom as hell. The Jews never had that valley as a concept of a place of everlasting punishment. That valley was a shameful valley where the children of Israel burned their own children up to a god they called Moloch or Melech, king, Moloch. And God said such a thing that they did never entered in his mind. It was a, an abominable, despicable thing, according to Jeremiah. Gay Ben Hinnom in the Old Testament in the Jewish Bible is never translated hell or anything like that. And Gay Ben Hinnom in the Old Testament was never translated hell in any Bible translation, a Christian Bible translation. Period. Yet now in the New Testament, the King James Bible translators translated the city dump in which the children of Israel offered up their own children. They translated Gehenna, the equivalent of Gay Ben Hinnom, hell. Well, the King James translators went hell crazy. They went even further than that. Uh, there's another word, Tartarus. They translated that word, hell. So now we have four words that are translated hell. Sheol, sometimes. Hades, all the time. Gehenna, hell, all the time. Tartarus. And then we have another place in the book of Revelation. The lake of fire. Now that, according to traditional Christianity, is the real hell. But you know what? The lake of fire in the book of Revelation is never called hell. They never translated that lake of fire as hell. As a matter of fact, their hell ultimately is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is called 
the second death. If you can hear it, the lake of fire is the death of death. Jesus said he would rule and reign till all his enemies are destroyed. Death is an enemy of Jesus. And ultimately he will destroy death. The death of death is life. That's the good news that Jesus said he came to bring to all mankind. Anyway, before I get a little further into the into this hell chaos that the traditions of men have created, have complicated hell, I wanted to show you something else that I had here before I get into the NIV, NIV again. I went to great expense and bought a whole bunch of Bible uh, pages from an original 1611 King James Bible. These cost me hundreds of dollars, actually thousands of dollars altogether. And I bought these. These come from a King James Bible, 1611, original first printing edition. They come from what is called and I have several more here, the King James She Bible. Because in one passage in the Old Testament, one printing of the 1611 had the word she, and the same 1611 version by a different printer had the word she, he. So one had she, the other had he, so now we had the 1611 She, she Bible, and we had the 1611 He Bible. For those of you who have been taught that the Bible is inerrant, infallible, God-breathed, um, without error, I bought these pages of the original 1611 because every single one of those pages have errors in them. Every single one of them. There is no such thing as an inerrant Bible translation. Whether it's the King James Bible which held sway for 400 years, whether it's the NIV, the leading selling Bible translation, or any of the other ones that I mentioned earlier, not a single one of them are, is without error. And if you do any digging and researching and comparing Greek, Hebrew, comparing English translations, it becomes very obvious that it's human beings doing the best that they can with their human skills to get at the original meaning of manuscripts that are thousands of years old, the originals of which we no longer have in our possession. This hell issue, you've heard it said probably many times that the Bible has more to say about hell than it does about heaven. I've heard that from pastors many times. And I've also heard that Jesus spoke more about hell than he spoke about heaven. Both of those statements have been passed on from pastor to pastor, from sheep to sheep, from Christian to Christian. And if you ever checked it out yourself and went into a concordance and took a look, you would find that those statements are absolutely, utterly false. There are far more references in the Bible 
on about heaven than there are about hell in the leading selling English Bible translations. And there are far more references about heaven and the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' mouth in any translation than there are the words hell. This is just an example of the way myths and lies are perpetrated and passed on by well-meaning people, pastors. Most pastors aren't out there to deceive us. They're just deceived themselves. They're the blind leading the blind. And the Bible tells us that both fall into the pit. No, they don't both fall into a hell of everlasting burning. They fall into the pit. They fall into darkness. Anyway, how many times does the word hell appear in most leading Bible translations? You'll be shocked. The Bible consists of over 770,000 words, about 2,000 pages in the average Bible translation. You would think that if salvation was deliverance from hell and that everyone was doomed and damned to eternal punishment unless they got born again and asked Jesus into their life, you'd think that every page on the Bible would have that warning, that every generation would be raise up prophets to, to express that utter warning. How many times do you think the word hell appears in your Bible translation? The original King James Bible, the 1611, the one that contained 14 additional books that your King James Bible today does not contain, the original 1611 contained the Roman Catholic Apocrypha. Most King James only people do not know that. It contained the word from cover to cover only 64 times, the word hell. Over the years, they eliminated the Apocrypha, and today the average King James Bible does not contain those 14 additional books. So now, if you look at a traditional King James Bible, you find the word in there 54 times in the entire Bible. In the 1980s, they revised the King James Bible and produced what is called today the New King James Version, which is a very successful and very popular Bible translation. This, the translators of the New King James, and I believe uh, Nelson Publishers, another leading uh, publishing company, are, are the publishers of, uh, of the New King James. The word hell appears in that translation only 32 times. So here we have it dropping from 64 times down to 32 times within the same family of Bibles, the King James tradition, based on the Greek Texas Receptus. So in 1881 and 1901, um, the two committees in Europe and in the United States got together, created the American Standard Version and the Revised Standard Version. And when they got done, they discovered that there were only 13 places that there was a hell in the uh, King James Tradition Bible. So we went from 64 to 55 to 32, and now we're down to 13 times the word hell appears. And guess what? It appears only in the New Testament. It disappeared completely in the Old Testament. Because the word Sheol in the Old Testament, they discovered and decided it really meant only the grave, 
And so they consistently translated it that way. And that wiped out hell 31 times. That presented a problem in the New Testament, though. Um, in the New Testament, we had Gehenna that was translated hell. We had Hades translated hell. And we had Tartarus translated hell. And we had the lake of fire in the book of Revelation, which has never been translated hell. What do you do with Hades in the New Testament that was translated consistently hell by the King James? Well, these translations removed hell and transliterated Hades into Hades in the New Testament. And so now you had the word hell 13 times. But did you know that there are other Bible translations that have the word hell in it even less than 13 times? I have the Darby here recorded as 12 times and the New Century version as 12 times in the entire Bible. I mean, think about it. From Genesis to Revelation, the word hell appears only 12 times out of 770,000 words. But get this. There are Bible translations, and I have almost every one of these in my library that do not have the word hell nor the concept of everlasting punishment in them from cover to cover. Now, you know, when I was in the traditional church, evangelical, fundamentalist, Pentecostal, charismatic, not a single pastor ever told me these Bible translations exist. But you know, the Wesley's New Testament in 1755, it didn't have the word hell in it from cover to cover. Now, it did have the concept of everlasting punishment, the Wesley's 1755. But the word hell, they transliterated each of those words, and so you don't find the word hell. But there are many other Bible translations that do not even have the concept of everlasting punishment. The word hell is gone, and everlasting punishment, everlasting destruction, being tortured for day and night forever and ever. These kind of phrases in these translations is gone. And the reason why it's gone is because they do not believe, these translators do not believe the concept of hell or everlasting punishment is in the Greek or in the Hebrew. So their translations do not have this place of eternal torture. Scarlet's New Testament, 1798. The New Testament in Greek and English, 1823. Young's Literal Translation, 1891. 20th Century New Testament, 1900. Rotherham's Emphasized, 1902. Fenton's Holy Bible in Modern English, 1903. Weymouth's New Testament in Modern Speech, 1903. Jewish Publication Society Bible, Old Testament, 1917. These Bible translations do not have the concept of a hell of everlasting punishment in them at all. Pannon's Numeric English New Testament, the People's New Covenant, Overbury, Hansen's New Testament, 1881, Western New Testament, 1926, New Testament of Our Lord and Savior Anointed, Tominic, 1958, Concordant Literal New Testament, 1983, the New Testament of Translation, Clemenson, 1938, no hell in any of these Bible translations. The emphatic Diaglot, 1942. The New American Bible, although it has the concept of everlasting punishment in it, it doesn't have the word hell in it from cover to cover. The Restoration of Original Sacred Name Bible, no hell, no everlasting punishment. The Tanakh, the Holy Scriptures, Old Testament, 
no hell, no everlasting punishment. The New Testament, uh, a new translation by Graeber, 1980, no hell, no everlasting punishment. Christian Bible, 1991, no hell, no everlasting uh, punishment. And I can go on and on. I have other ones in the same category. There are Bible translations that do not teach the concept of everlasting punishment. They say that this is a pagan concept that crept into the church in the 3rd or the 4th century, and it crept into our English translations by the errors of a man named Jerome in the 4th century who translated the Latin Vulgate. He translated the Greek and the Hebrew into Latin and introduced some damnable doctrines, damnable mistakes there that went into the Latin Vulgate, which was the main and the only Bible that the church allowed and accepted for a thousand years. And the early English translations like the Wycliffe's and uh, the Tyndale and Matthew's Bible and the Great Bible and the King James Bible and the Geneva Bible, these Bibles were greatly influenced by the corrupt Latin Vulgate. And it is through the Latin Vulgate that the doctrine, the damnable uh, tradition of man entered into our Reformation Bibles, and they held sway for hundreds of years. And just now in the 20th and 21st century, translators and publishers are breaking away from that pagan Dark Age doctrine of hell and they're translating the Bible translations correctly. And guess what? Hell is disappearing like it's supposed to. It's a tradition of men that has been a blight on the nature and the character of God. It has made the good news terrible news. And it's time for a change. Now, in this particular segment, we're dealing with the NIV the New International Version, the leading selling English Bible translation in the English-speaking world. Like I said before, it's produced by Zondervan. How many times do you think the leading selling Bible translation in the beginning of the 21st century, how many words, how many wor words of hell do you think are in this one? Fourteen. Fourteen times. And when I learned, when I counted the number of hell words in the NIV, and I noticed that most of the committee-type translations of the 20th century had the word hell only 13 times, it brought my, uh, it, it aroused my curiosity as to why there was an additional hell word in the NIV, as opposed to uh, the New American Standard, the New Revised Standard, the Revised English Bible, the New Living Translation, the Amplified. Why did this one have one extra hell word? And where was that one extra hell word? Well, that one extra hell word was in Luke 16.23, the rich man and Lazarus parable, in which the rich man was in Hades. And he was tormented there, and he asked for a drop of water, and he couldn't get it because there was this gap between Abraham and the rich man. In that place where the Greek word Hades appears, the NIV translated it hell. Now, 
understand this, dear reader. In all the other places where the word Hades appears, they didn't translate it hell anymore. They transliterated it as Hades. And in the Old Testament where the word Sheol appears, they did not translate it hell. And they're the same word, Hades and Sheol. We're talking about, you know, 50, 60, 70, 60, 60 some odd times or 70 some odd times Hades Sheol appears in the Bible. And in the NIV, in no place did they translate either one of those words hell except this one place, rich man and Lazarus. They translated it there, hell. Why? The answer is obvious. It's one of the few places where you can conjure up an image of a place of eternal separation and a place of eternal torment. That's why. That's why they left the word hell in that place where they should have been consistent and transliterated it, Hades, like they did in every other passage. This is... They thought this through. These editors who produced the NIV... It wasn't an accident that they missed the transliteration there. They purposely put the word hell there, contrary to their own editorial process, because the tradition of hell was more important to them than being consistent and being truthful. NIV editors, Zondervan, and the New International or the International Bible Society, shame on you. Shame on you for your lack of integrity, for your dishonesty. Shame on you. Now, since we're on the subject of NIV, um, there are things that are going on in the Bible translating world and the Bible publishing world that the average Christian out there is just unaware of. Listen, Bible tr translations are big business. The Bible is the leading selling Bible in the entire world, uh, book in the entire world. I mean, it outsells any book by far. And there are many Christian and Jewish publishing companies and non-Christian and non-Jewish publishing companies that produce Bible translations. There's a lot of money to be made in Bible translations. And sometimes profit and money is more important to business people than the truth. The leading selling Bible translation, Zondervan, NIV, is owned by Harper One a large secular publishing company that produces a lot of religious books. A lot of religious books that are actually anti-Christian um, and uh, are actually pro-atheist and pro-other religions. Harper One publishes The Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. The executives that make a profit from the Satanic Bible are the same executives that rule over and control Zondervan that produces the leading selling English Bible translation. Harper One is owned by 
News Corp. News Corp is owned by, uh, run by, a guy in Australia named Rupert Murdoch. He's one of the leading richest people in the world. He's a secular kind of a person who made his fame in sleaze, in yellow journalism. He owns the Fox News Channel. He owns newspapers around the world. He knows, owns TV channels. He owns publishing companies. I have six pages of stuff here around the world that he owns. He and a handful of other uh, families around the world literally control the, uh, the news media and the entertainment industry in the United States. Rupert Murdoch, an Australian, is making money off of the leading selling Bible translation in the world at the same time that he's making money off the Satanic Bible. He could care less about one or the other. It's profit that rules in Rupert Murdoch's life. The guy he appointed as chief operating officer of News Corp that owns Zondervan is Peter Chernin. He's Jewish. Now, what if some rich Arab Muslim wanted to buy up some publishing companies here in the United States, was interested in making some profit off of his oil uh, profits, and he uh, decided to buy Zondervan? Do you think that this Muslim might want to have uh, some influence on this Christian, number one leading selling Christian Bible? If he was a good Muslim, do you think he might want to fudge with that Bible a little bit? A little bit? You better believe he would. Peter Chernin is Jewish. He's got rabbis that you know, are his spiritual advisors. Do you think that he might want to use some of his influence in Zondervan Publishing, in deciding what books that they publish, in deciding how they should translate uh, their NIV? You better believe it. That's what's going on in Christian publishing. And it's been going on for a long time. There's a Bible translation, the Weymouth's New Testament, that, was, uh, that came into being in the early part of the 1900s. It was a no-hell Bible. It, had, it didn't have hell or the concept of, punish, of eternal punishment in it from cover to cover. He died. And a couple decades after, two ministers picked up the, uh, the, that Bible and republished it. And they put hell back in there. Contrary to Mr. Weymouth's uh, translation, they took and retranslated his translation and put the word hell back in there. That's the kind of unscrupulous behavior that goes on in the Christian publishing industry. Mr. Rupert's new, uh, Murdoch's News Corporation organizes an annual management conference, discusses media issues related to geopolitics, Attendees include news corporation executives, senior journalists, politicians, and celebrities. Previous events were in Cajun, Mexico, and in the Hayman Islands off the coast of Australia. The events are private and secretive. There are no records available for the agenda, nor talks given at the conferences, and no uninvited journalists are permitted to have access. The kind of people that attend their conferences are um, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, Prime Minister Tony Blair, 
Bono, Al Gore, Senator John McCain, Bill McClinton, while, Vice, while Israeli Vice Premier Shimon Peres will appear on a panel named Islam and the West. Other notables include Newt Gingrich and Nicole Kidman. There's the power in News Corp operated by <coughs> a Jewish man selling satanic Bible, Anton LaVey's, and selling the leading number one English Bible translation in the world, the New International Version. Dear Christian, please wake up. Dear Christian, please study to show yourself approved. The NIV is not the only corrupt, poisonous translation. The other ones that I mentioned, leading selling ones, they too are poisonous, they too are toxic, they too contain concepts of God that are contrary to the Greek and the Hebrew. The word hell does not belong in your Bible, it's time to get rid of it. The concept of everlasting punishment does not belong in your Bible. It does not get, it's time to get rid of it. Jesus taught that he was the savior of the whole world. Paul taught that Jesus was the savior of the whole world. John the apostle taught that Jesus was the savior of the entire world. The concept of hell crept into our Bible translations in the third and fourth century under Jerome, and it it's time to get rid of it. I've got a couple dozen translations that don't have the word hell or the concept of everlasting punishment. From cover to cover and in the ages to come, the centuries to come, more and more translations will remove the corruption, will remove the tradition of men that has made the word of God of none effect, and will restore the Bible to its rightful place as a tool and a guide to bring people to Jesus Christ, the Savior of all mankind.